Welcome to the King of Pro Wrestling podcast. We're here with a, another Phil Singer Games episode, uh, and I am joined, of course, by Todd Gershel from Phil Singer Games and Mike Molesky, also from Phil Singer Games. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Doing great. Fantastic, Sam. Fantastic. I am glad to hear it. Now, uh, we wanted to dive right in and kick off with something that I sadly missed um, due to uh, my daughter's first birthday, and it will hang over her head for many, many years. Uh, no. uh, <laughs> but uh, I wanted to, uh, to hear all about Galacticon, as I'm sure the listeners do as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, fill me in. How was it? I mean, obviously, I read some stuff online. I saw uh, Tom's presentation that was uh, on Facebook. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, I'm still in the dark, and I'm sure that there are some listeners out there that uh, are not are not all caught up to speed. So please tell us about the extravaganza that was Galacticon. Well, I mean, the, the first thing, I mean, you, you touched on the, on Tom's uh, presentation about uh, the latest GWF set. And I think it's, it's really cool because I, I think it, it brings full circle. A lot of things Tom's done over the years where he's encouraged creativity with younger people. And, and you, you sort of, you wonder, well, why is a guy who's been successful so passionate about it? And you realize he was passionate about it as a young person. As I, I, Todd, do you remember how old he was? Did he say when he created those characters? I think what he said he was like seven years old. Or yeah, something. I, that's yeah. what I'm, yeah. I was gonna say. I thought it was seven. So you know, here he was, a seven-year-old coming up with these comic book characters and writing his own comics. And it's the same thing my kids do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's it, it was actually it was kind of great. I mean, I did it myself as a kid, and and to see you know him being able to bring that into the cotg verse if you will these creative ideas of a seven-year-old and put them in and i he's always done i mean if you go back to you know neil nelson and and the the rush character and things like that he's always encouraged younger people to be creative and you know he, yeah. you know a lot of our uh the uh, auctions over the years benefited creativity in the schools uh in jamestown um but to to hear his story kind of i just found it to be uh really cool um to see how that all kind of came full circle for him yeah i I completely agree and uh, one of the things while watching the the facebook stream um that that stuck out to me was that you know not only um does he kind of continue to to stoke those fires of creativity but in addition to uh and you know kind of using um, that creativity is an inspiration and, and support for, for others also kind of paying homage to uh, the people that inspired him and, and, and not only just limiting it to Stan Lee, which obviously, you know, Stan Lee was a huge influence on Tom, but even talking a bit about um, like DC comics um, and, and like crisis on infinite earths and, and, and the multiverse, you know, the DC has and, uh, and writers. Um, I think he mentioned like George Perez and Marvel Wolfman as well. And so, um, yeah, I, I I thought it was it was a really cool opportunity to kind of get a peek behind the scenes and feel like um, we were getting you know this opportunity for for the the creator of the game to not only extend the universe uh, the COTG verses as you were saying, Mike, um, but also kind of dig back into his past by using these characters that he created when he was a kid uh, by being inspired by those things, which I thought was really really cool. Yeah, that was really awesome. Yeah, he, um, you know, for those who weren't there, he, uh, he actually had his comics that was from those days that, you know, he, he shared around. So it was neat kind of <laughs> seeing that. And just, uh, and I think there's also just, you know, some of the other influences around there. Um, 
Uh, and actually, it was cool, Mike, having your kids there too uh, to, yeah. to be part of that as well. So <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun. Now, I, you know, I have a question. I know I mentioned this actually on the last episode that we recorded, but uh, Tom's book, The Dark Menace of the Universe, where he talks about kind of, you know, creativity and, and its importance and, and a little bit about the genesis of the game and some of his ideas and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know. Is that something that's still available to, to purchase through the website? I don't think The Dark Menace is available anymore on a print okay. basis, but I think there is a PDF version available i believe uh, cool uh, you know i don't even know todd we'd have to look at that I, I think look, it, look it up. yeah but it was a great it was a great read i remember back in the day seeing it yeah i think tom yeah. i'm sure tom still has a couple copies himself so <laughs> yeah sure we'll have to dig through the inventory the old inventory in federation hq see if there's any copies still still right. lying around yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so in addition, obviously, to, to Tom speaking, which I think was kind of, uh, you know, one of the events, if you will, uh, of the weekend, uh, the release certainly of Sudden Death 2135 would be uh, go hand in hand with that. Um, and you know, we talked briefly kind of about some of the characters that, that, that came from, from Tom's childhood. Um, what was the, the reaction on site to the new set? Uh, I mean, I, I think uh, first people were, uh, I, I, I think, I don't want to say they were totally surprised because I think that the release of the cover, uh, what, Todd, did we released the cover like two days before the con, I think. Yeah, it was a week. No, it was a week before. We, we released week, it. Was it a week? Yeah. Um, so, so I think people had an idea that this was going to be something different. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think, I think, you know, there were a couple of people who were like, I'm not sure I like comic book characters in this. And then they saw the cards and they saw the book. And I think it, it, it just sort of all it worked for people, yeah. I think um, that was the I think there, there were a few people who would express some skepticism and then they saw it and they went, oh, no, this is cool. You know, that that to, to me was I think was pretty universally um, accepted. I think some people were worried that the cards were going to be sort of unplayable or somehow like, you know, these too powerful for the, you know, the GWF. But. But I think there was, and I can, I think I can safely say that there was a lot of time spent on making yeah. the cards work. Would, would, that, would that be accurate, Todd? I, yeah, I mean, absolutely. A lot of time. Is that, is that, a lot of time. Uh, I mean, literally right up until um, I basically told Tom we need to make the decisions like now, and yeah. he literally went through each card and made like final tweaks to. I think probably seven of them at the literally the last possible minute um, just to make sure that they were um, dead on, you know, what we needed them to be, Um, you know, and, and truth be told, I, I, everybody's fears about them being too powerful were actually unfounded. I think if anything, Tom was too concerned about making them too powerful and he actually wound up strengthening them up a little bit at the end. I think Sunman uh, in particular, we were like, oh, you know, he needs to be more agile and have a little bit more if he's really the leader of this group. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We, he he got he had to he was bumped up probably the most of all the characters for, from the beginning to the end. I would think. Yeah. Um, you know, it, um, I think uh, you know, Cosmic Woman was pretty much uh, uh, how 
she didn't change very much. I mean, she was tweaked a little bit, but I don't think she was changed very much. But I'd say Sun Man was the one who probably got the the most uh, uh, work done on him from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. And and one thing I know from the original draft of the, in the set, there was not going to be a Buster card, and they were like, no. All right, if, you're have, <laughs> "If you're gonna have these other five pieces of art that all connect, you gotta have the sixth one in there that connects." So we you know, we got the Buster card made, which. I was very happy to see happen. So, yeah, yeah that was yeah. originally just going to be a booklet um, kind of chart, and you know we thought that well, you have the art and you have the the chart. Well, let's just do the card. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that was. I mean, it's not a big deal card. I mean, he's obviously not like some super powerful, crazy card. But if you're going to have sure. part of the game, you you may as well get the card. That sort of I think was the. Prevailing yeah. with all the interlocking art is like, okay, let's get this, you know, the last piece of it, you know, if you're going to have it, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was, I'm glad that we did that. I think there was definitely a lot of people who really enjoyed the, uh, Helsin, uh, card, uh, like how the, some of the mechanics on that, I think got a good reaction. So yeah, I think overall, and then obviously uh, lots of excitement about Endgame as well. So that, that yeah. Uh, and that was the big surprise. I mean, even yeah. after Tom sort of let everybody know about the the crime busters, um, the, the end game was held back purposefully because he wanted to have something that had like a little bit of a. Um, he 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 loves surprising people, so yeah. he he loves giving them something they weren't expecting. And I I think end game fit the bill. I, I think I think people were thinking maybe end game would come back. And then when they saw the Crime Busters, they thought, okay, well, that's Crime the headline, stopping. you know. And, and, and so I think having him be the one held back was probably a good, uh, a good decision. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I know it ended up being a surprise, you know, for me. And the funny thing is, is that I feel like you kind of like you're alluding to that there had been like on the message board uh, in games return and 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 then uh that certainly started to to recede once we started to get more information about the set and so it ended up being one of those things that i think existed in the back of a lot of people's minds but but it had kind of just faded so far into the background that when it did happen people were you know excited it's, it's one of those things where it's like uh, you know it's unintentional sure but you know a seed gets planted you kind of forget about it and then all of a sudden when it happens you get to not only have an expectation fulfilled but you're also surprised at the same time which is you know almost more gratifying than uh the other way around so um yeah i, I thought that was really cool i you know one of the things that i like about Sunman uh in particular is that uh, I, I feel like it sort of taps into for some folks right now, uh, a, a bit of nostalgia about um, the Apollo program and the space program in general, just having, you know, this be a guy who was an astronaut and was, you know, and, and, and walked on the moon. Um, and I, I might I don't I honestly I might have missed it because I've been a little out of touch. The past couple of weeks have been crazy for me with a vacation and, and, and all sorts of traveling going on. Um, and even though I did take uh, uh, my my cards with me on vacation, I didn't get to play once while I was there. So uh, unfortunately I'm far behind on things, but was, um, was that sort of timing intentional on Tom's part? The fact that this is the 50th anniversary of the moon landing and, you know, he's created this character who was an astronaut who walked on the moon. Um, and, you know, has these powers, you know, it's kind of one of the main characters. Now, obviously the character itself had been created years and years ago, but was there any sort of intention behind that release coinciding uh, with that? 
Uh, I didn't ask Tom that question, um, but I don't think so. I, I think yeah. it was sort of one of those. It was uh, a little serendipitous, yeah. perhaps, but 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 not uh, not intentional. I think uh, Tom had in the back of his mind a few different ways this set was going to go, and I think when Stan passed, it sort of pushed him to yes, I want to do this mm-hmm. because it fits. It's a fitting tribute, um, and I think the fact that their backstory dovetailed in with the 50th anniversary, I think was just sort of uh, an added bonus. I don't think it was uh, initial design. Todd, do you agree with that? I think yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I think it's just yeah coincidence there. I know he said, you know, one quote yeah. I remember he said to me, he's like, well, after 49 game editions, you know, I think I could do something completely different than, you know, something that I think that I want to bring into the game. So, <laughs> which I definitely <laughs> agree with. <laughs> sure. Um, That's super cool. Yep. And then next year, number uh, number 50 uh, game edition, which should be uh, really crazy. So we'll, we'll see what wow. happens then. <laughs> That is that is something else. Well, I, I you know again I haven't had the opportunity unfortunately to dive into twenty one thirty five yet, um, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I think uh, you know for me, um, I I there was a time, especially before Legends, when I really st- tried to kind of play my GWF fairly straight. Uh, some of the you know uh, uh, more sci-fi and, and comic book type of things um, weren't for me. You know, I wanted it to be kind of a straight wrestling federation. But once Legends hit, and 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 once the indie game stuff hit, uh, and obviously you know I was I was big into bootlegs for a while as well. Uh, I, I really kind of started to enjoy uh, some of the the more sci-fi and and comic book aspects of of the GWF, and really that that part of it um in this set i think is is so vibrant you know that that it it just gives promoters a completely different avenue and goes further with some things i think it's something that um arguably we've seen more and more over the past like 10 years or so from uh cotg is that it has gotten a little bit more uh with some of the characters characters being even more out there and some of the, the science fiction aspects and game mechanics mm-hmm. getting, you know, even more out there uh, in a very good way. And I think that this kind of continues that trend while also, you know, feeling a bit um, timeless in a way with the way that the characters have been designed as some of the new characters. So uh, I'm excited about it and I'm looking forward to actually getting the chance to actually, you know, roll some cards and play some matches. Um, speaking of, of matches, uh, how did the tournaments go? Uh, well, you know, the, the tournaments is always a big part of the Galacticon. We uh, didn't have as much time this time as we you know, have had some past ones. So uh, we, I think we were still able to get through six tournaments throughout the weekend. Um, and, you know, some nice surprise wins. I know uh, Kenji was the winner of the 2135 tournament, which uh, wow. surprised the people, yeah. Yeah, we had, like, Jackie Fargo made it to the finals of the Legends Tournament. <laughs> yeah, there were some crazy happenings throughout the day. I forget which character won the Canada Cup, but uh, do you remember Mike offhand? I knew you were going to ask me that somewhere, But, yeah, there was yeah, a lot of the ones that were not necessarily expected, uh, you know, were, were some of the big winners there. Um, but, you know, in the end, uh, we did, you know, uh, Brock Atkinson uh, was the – Winner of the Galacticon Cup, he won it with Spike, uh, and so he joins the legacy there. And uh, we also debuted the uh, Galacticon Championship belt 
this year as well. There's a couple of pictures online of that. So uh, Brock took that home and he uh, plans to defend it a little bit while he's back in Pittsburgh uh, before bringing it back to Galacticon <laughs> next year, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fortunately, I was able to pry oh, that out cool. of my kid's hands before, and allow Brock to take it home with him. Oh, yeah. So you're, yeah, your kids were <laughs> running around with it all day. I know it was, it was concerning Tom. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one other fun thing we did during the con you know, one, one thing that was cool also was was having the hotel and the con site right next to each other which was great mm. uh the you know, the restaurant we had it in was uh was really good and, and having everything in one spot i think it made made it uh made it much easier especially in the mornings getting to there uh we had some outings other places uh but you know saturday night we went back uh, a group a group went in to see evolve in uh, Philly, the Evolve 10th anniversary, and a group of us also went back and watched the AEW show on pay-per-view, which was neat. But um, you know, one thing yeah. that we had throughout the weekend of the, uh, was the uh, kind of a 24-7 title. So I had the, the title from last year uh, as a Gal- Galacticon Cup champion, and uh, so I was defending my title throughout the throughout the weekend. And you know, whoever had the title by the by the time the Galacticon Cup uh, the, this year started, uh, they, they would get an entry into into the uh, tournament, which was which is a nice little twist on things. There, I think I wound up uh, racking up like eight or nine wins in a row at the at the beginning. Nice. It was pretty neat. Uh, did you walk? Away? Did you hold on to the title till the end? I did not. No, no. You're a former champion. I'm a former champion. Yes. No. Tr- Troy beat me at the end. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. So the, the 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 thing that we did was um, whoever wanted to challenge would come up with two cards and the champion got to choose which card they use. So you're trying to do something that's somewhat balanced. And at the same time, the champions be like, okay, in this situation, what's, what's going to be, you know, more advantageous to me. So I had, uh, uh, you know, so we had Sunman versus blue dazzler was one. We had, uh, I know, uh, Sandman versus Mikey Whipwreck was one. Uh, so yeah, there's a whole bunch of different, weird different ones, but in the end it was the, the one that got me was, um, it was a uh, skull versus the loyalist, uh, the two two new cards, and I could not figure out how good skull was or not. So I <laughs> took a chance and I took him, and then the loyalist just beat him up. So, <laughs> oh, man. well, and, and it truly was a twenty four seven title. Yes, I did defend it at two thirty in the morning. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. It was good. Yeah, the one thing, no one you challenged me during the AEW show. I got a couple challenges during the first day, and then there was a fury right at the end of sure. challenges. But, uh, yeah, no, so it was a nice little twist and kind of something else that uh, uh, Troy came up with, and uh, I think it was something we'll probably continue to do in the future. So, yeah. But the overall tournaments are great. You know, we have a new new champion, first-time champion there with Brock. Uh and uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Overall, we uh, we made all together about uh, about five hundred dollars in the uh, auction uh, nice. for um, for uh, uh, benefiting Lyle Williams, uh, our you know uh, a good friend of ours that was at the Alaska Philly Galacticon. Uh, so that uh, that uh, w- was great. You know, we had some neat uh, items, including uh, a copy of early classics. Um, 
which is funny because on the last episode we actually had a segment where we talked about that and we talked a little about about Lyle as well, but I had to cut it out of the episode because you told me the next day that you didn't know if, if you were going to be able to auction it off or if you actually had one or not. So uh, I, I'm glad I was very glad to hear, very excited to hear uh, that, that you ended up having one yeah. to auction off because it's such a it's such a cool set, such a cool item. And, you know, as I mentioned last time, Mike, one of these days we're going to have to we're going to have to put a spotlight on it and talk uh, uh, quite a bit about it. But um, that sounds great. I, I, again, I, you know, one of these days I am finally going to make it to one uh, hopefully next year uh, because it's something that I've wanted to do for a very, very long time now. And uh, uh, it, you know, it sounds like it was, it was a great time. Um, and, and, you know, it sounds like honestly, not to belabor the point, but it sounds like it was kind of a special time, uh, especially for Tom with the, with the release of this specific set um, and what it meant to him. Um, and, and certainly knowing, you know, as a fan of the game, what the game means to, to us. So uh, that's cool to hear, you know, from, from like a creator's perspective, um, that kind of um, satisfaction and enthusiasm for doing something like this that he's, you know, been doing for so long. So uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty damn cool. Um, do you guys have anything else that you want to add about Galacticon before we uh, move on? Well, just that I, I think it was really great that we had some new faces there and, as, as I said, we had a few uh, second timers at Galacticon, which I always view as the real win. I mean, it's always we always love to have somebody there for the first time, but when they come back for that second time, you know that they were made to feel welcome the first time, and that that's to me the the the, the real neat thing is seeing you know seeing somebody who's in their second trip to Galacticon because then you know that it's it, it, you know they're hooked so to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we'll see what happens next year. Big, big year. It's the 30th anniversary of the first Galacticon. And um, uh, and then, again, the 50th game edition, uh, 50th GWF game edition coming out uh, next summer. So we don't know exactly where it is. We definitely had some discussions uh, during the weekend. Uh, a lot of ideas. On- a lot of ideas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I live in Chicago, so I, you know, if you guys decide that you want to just come out here, I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah. you know, but <laughs> just make make, make that, sure. That said, I have family that lives in Pennsylvania, so I'm cool with that too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I uh, I think that you know that that was Galacticon was a great event, and you know we had, I mean. I mean, Todd, maybe you want to talk about this a little bit, but we, you know, the, the, was it a week later or two weeks later, I guess? Yeah, so it was uh, the, two weeks later. Uh, two weeks later. Yep. So, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it was, uh, July was a busy month in the uh, Phil Singer Games world, and uh, I think we had, a, we had a great uh, time at Galacticon, but then we also wound up having a great representation over at the uh, Fez Tragos uh, Hall of Fame out in uh, Waterloo. Yeah. Um, and, yes, and I, the town of my birth. I was born in Waterloo, Iowa, actually. So you were, oh, well. yeah. Well, that's sure, why they sure put enough. the Hall of Fame there. I heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if only. Um, yeah, that 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 was very exciting. We got a, a wonderful message from um, you know the team um, uh, that work uh, a lot on the Legends cards, and uh, unfortunately, uh, again because of vacation and and just things being kind of crazy uh, in, in my life right now, I was unable to to take part, but. Uh, I, I think collectively um, we jumped at the chance to, to, to have a chat with them and record that. And Todd, um, you were able to, to put all that together and, and have a productive conversation, which we're going to drop in here in just a minute. But do you want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, that conversation and just legends in general and, and um, yeah, the opportunity that we had to talk with them? 
Yes, I mean, you'll you'll hear all the details uh, in the, the conversation coming up. But uh, no, no, it was great. Uh, the uh, the opening night of the of the weekend on the Thursday night, I had the opportunity to uh, to talk to Chad Olson, Corey Olson, and Tim Dalton, uh, who have been uh, you know Tim Tim and Chad have been a long time. Uh, back to the you know, the original the game edition coming out and uh, been a very instrumental in the Legends um, product. But then uh, they have been the last, uh, I think it was uh, 21 years, they've been uh, a big part of also organizing this, the uh, um, Tragos and uh, Thez Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony every July in Waterloo. And uh, this year, actually, uh, Chad uh, w- wound up being the MC for the uh, induction ceremony itself, which was a uh, which was a neat surprise to see. Uh, oh. So yeah, this is something they're very involved in, and but they were all there together, and uh, um, you know they wanted to kind of take the opportunity. You know, they loved hearing the podcast the last month, and wanted the opportunity to um, you know be part of it and kind of share some of their uh, memories uh, of. Uh, Galacticon, Phil Singer Games, and Legends um, uh, Legends product, and uh, yeah, we dig we dig into all of it. But uh, again, I, I think <laughs> this might only be the start of uh, conversations with those guys because there's so much uh, more that we could talk to them about. Without a doubt, and I think that you know, for me, last time around, we didn't get to talk a whole lot about Legends. We you know focused more on, on GWF stuff. Um, so I, I'm I'm very excited to 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 have this segment on the show. And and like you said, it's, I think it's just the beginning. Um, now, before we we cut to this, uh, I did just want to ask because I, I neglected to ask earlier. Um, any you know anything you want to talk about as far as feedback or uh, uh, any comments about the new Legends set? Because I, I for one, am a, a big fan. And of, of a lot of the cards that were included, uh, especially some of the vintage guys like Wild Bull Curry um, and, and, you know, getting a signing like Abdullah, I thought was fantastic as well. Um, I think the Shane Douglas card is uh, is, is pretty is pretty, uh, uh, pretty tough, pretty strong looking. Uh, and I thought there were some nice tweaks made to a couple of the cards that we'd already had um, before, like Steve Carino, for example, was one that stood out to me um, getting rid of that third down three on level three defense, I think was, was a good choice. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, any, any, any other uh, comments or feedback that you guys had uh, over Galactic weekend or in the, in the meantime? Well, I, I mean, I think the first thing was, is people were like, well, why did we choose that theme uh, for the time? And I mean, I think being in, in the Philadelphia area, um, the decision was, well, Philadelphia is pretty much known as a hardcore town. And so we figured, you know, Hey, let's, let's go ahead and do it Um, because we did have, you know, obviously, and the signings dovetailed very nicely into it, being able to get Abdul assigned and get uh, Shane signed were uh, uh, made it happen. But, uh, and we, but at the same time, you know, I know there were a lot of people who were, who wanted it to be all kind of nineties guys and they were expecting Mm -hmm. that thing. But, you know, we also have a lot of people who want don't want just any one time period taken care. I mean, we'll do it from time to time. There will be guys from the same time period, but we thought it was a good chance to sort of highlight some of the older uh, stars, or I shouldn't say older stars, but the stars from prior periods. Um, and, you know, one of the little, I'll just say, um, motivations we have is we, we want the original 24 from the black and white set it's kind of like we'd like to get them and as many of them in color as fast as we possibly can. 
Um, and so, you know, the chance to put Killer Kowalski in a set was, yeah. uh, you know, it was a big, uh, I, I thought it was a big deal. And, and I know a lot of the guys on the Legends team thought it was a big deal to, to yeah. get him in there. Um, and then, Ox you know, Baker too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ox Baker being the other one. Yeah. Um, um, and, and those, those two guys, I, I think, you know, they were early supporters of, of the game and, and to be able to pay tribute to them in color, I think was a, a sort of a, maybe we didn't talk about it as much, but I think that was a really big deal. Um, yeah. you know, for, for, I guess everybody on the legend team, as you'll hear in this next segment is, is, is a big fan of the game. And so, you know, right. we, we all, you know, you know, yeah, we do this game thing but it's we're also still kind of marks you know at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah of course so yeah you know it's funny you mentioned ox too because uh, for whatever reason his art might be my favorite art uh in the in the expansion actually i just i just love it you know it's it's uh it's such a great representation of him um that said i love bull curry's artwork and, and kowalski his artwork as well, uh, and, and then of course like the ECW guys like Sandman and Shane Douglas uh, and Steve Carino all look great too. Um, awesome. Well, I you know again I haven't unfortunately had a chance to, to roll any any cards with these guys yet, but I'm looking forward to that. Um, but uh, I think yeah, now is as good a time as any to just dive into uh, Todd's chat with uh, Corey and Chad and Tim uh, from the Legends team, and they uh, they were all gathered. Uh, at the Hall of Fame ceremony in Waterloo, Iowa. So enjoy this conversation, and we will be back uh, afterwards uh, to do a character spotlight on the Gladiator Spike, uh, as well as a little wrap-up. But uh, in the meantime, enjoy this conversation with the Legends team. I am here uh, with uh, some very, very special guests, uh, long-time Philistinger OGs in the house. Uh, Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Uh, my name's Chad Olson, and I uh, work on the Legends team, and I've been playing Champions of the Galaxy since it started in 86. Um, Corey Olson, uh, Chad's brother. Um, I've been aware of the game for a long time, but officially started playing uh, Champions of the Galaxy in 1994, and uh, work on the Legends team as well. My name's Tim Dalton. Uh, I've been playing the Filsinger game since the inaugural set in 86. I think December 86, I bought the first game. Uh, and I'm on the Legends team as well uh, since since day one. Very cool. Well, thank you guys all for joining here today. Um, and uh, I know a lot of uh, Phil Singer Games fans out there definitely would love to hear from you and a bunch of different stories about, you know, your, your experiences over the years. Uh, but why don't uh, – now, you guys are all together in one room. Obviously, I'm not there. But why are you guys all together uh, there today? So this is a, a one-year opportunity when we're all together – in Waterloo, Iowa, for the George Tragos Luthes Hall of Fame induction weekend. Uh, Tim and I have been to all of the events. This is our 21st year. Corey's been to quite a few. I don't know, 14. Okay, he's keeping track. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and uh, it's just a great time. We, you know, we'll talk about this later, but we've made a lot of contacts that have helped legends out through this event. And um, it's, it's really just the most fan-friendly event of its kind that you can go to so we really encourage lots of folks um to check it out and i always put information about it um, but it's a great weekend and yeah dino chad always posts stuff on the, the discussion board just with the with the lineup and the dates and all that stuff just in case anybody wants to check it out and we're yeah, actually found a few people from years past because last year we had uh cory wasn't here but tim and i were here uh Stu Lowry, uh zeke was here 
and Eric um, Kanish was here. So we had we had a good representative of Phil Singer players <laughs> out here last year. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like a fantastic weekend. I'm hoping to make it a one year. It's it's always so close to Galacticon, so it's tough doing two things, you know, two, you yeah. know, in the same month, which I know has been tough to get you guys back to Galacticon uh, the last few years. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, make it work at one point because it really sounds awesome between, like, all the uh, get-togethers, the wrestling show, the induction, and just the list of people that come in there every year is, is always awesome. Yeah, I mean, you never know who's, like, every year we have, a like, people just show up, you know, and it might be somebody who was inducted in the past um, or somebody who hasn't been inducted, and they're just showing up to check it out because we, uh, we go to the Cauliflower Alley Club as well, and uh, the, the Tragos Thez Hall of Fame has a, a booth out there to kind of pro- promote our awareness. And uh, B. Brian Blair, the Cauliflower Alley Club president, has always been very... Um, respectful of our museum and our and the mission and, and what we do, and we've really struck up a good partnership the last few years. That's fantastic. I mean, you you have like you know, it's kind of like the California Alley where you have like the inductions and everything, but then you also have the physical Hall of Fame there and getting to see that, which is really really neat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Hall of Fame just went over went under a uh, renovation right right under two million dollars, and it's um, you know a lot of the displays have become very state-of-the-art integrating uh, video technology and you know some of the very interactive it's it's very nice i mean this is my first time seeing it uh since the renovation chad when did they when did they open the doors again um march earlier this year yeah Yeah. and i mean i i was just blown away when i walked in i thought the the old layout i thought was great but but this is just fantastic it's it's much more inviting. It's more open. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the displays that were behind cases now are just right out, so you can physically, like, you know, touch some of these things, like the ro- like Luthez's robe and, and different things, and it, it's just really cool. Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. Well, uh, kind of steering things back into Phil Singer games, uh, you guys mentioned that you've been, uh, at least uh, Tim and Chad, you've been playing since 1986. So uh, just want to give me a little story about, like, how you came across the game, kind of what were your initial thoughts uh, when you were playing, uh, things like that. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I saw the ad in, in PWI, um, and I figured, ah, you know, it seems like a, a, a fun little thing. Let me just take a shot at it and so I ordered it and uh started playing it and I loved it um it was just so much fun it was different than you know a lot of the games and and I was a big uh, uh you know card 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 and dice type guy with, with Stratomatic and those types of things um and 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 this bringing my love of wrestling into it as well um I really enjoyed it and and and, and really played the heck out of it for uh for a number of years yeah, so I, I kind of started, you know, whenever the first ad for it was out, I, I jumped on it. You know, that original ad with Avenging Warrior and the, the spike collar on Renegade and all that, that that's the one I clipped out of PWI. Um, at the time, I was also big into Superstar Pro Wrestling, which is a yep. uh, card and dice game with, with real wrestlers. And, you know, for a while, I, I kind of played them both. And, you know, to be honest, it kind of... Um, you know, slowed down a bit with Phil Singer uh, champions when, you know, there wasn't any new cards for a year and a half. Right, yeah. And then I remember getting that first that flyer. Older, yeah, oh, that yeah. flyer with Bishop Hell on it. And, 
the Galaxian Invasion 88, and that just hooked me. Yeah. You know, I hadn't corresponded with Tom at all, so I hadn't gotten any of his early newsletters, but that one, that that newsletter had a couple special matches in it and just really hyped up the, the new release. And um, I mean, I was hooked from there, and I, I continued to play both games for a while, but then a superstar kind of drifted off. Um, you know, I just stuck with Champions, and, you know, due to, due to life stuff, I haven't played real actively since, you know, <laughs> 10, 15 years, but I'm still always booking stuff in my mind and, you know, very active with the Legends process and participating in the community. And uh, as I said uh, before we recorded, I, I got started in 94. I was always aware when Chad was playing the game. I, I would see the, the PWI ads, too, and kind of watch uh, him play it or play with some friends. And once in a while, he'd let me roll as well. Um, so I was, I was always aware of the game. And um, after the 94 Galacticon, uh, Chad came back from Jamestown and, and stopped at our house, our parents' house, and gave me the the two the first two Classics editions, so 2079 and 2086. And um, we actually got started, uh, started a fed for me. Um, so I got to play kind of those, uh, basically 2086, if you want to call it that, uh, with uh, Santos breaking the Galaxian Code and uh, Wolf as a Gladiator and some of those things from the first actual set or from, you know, that took place before the, the 2087 set. Um, so I played those for a few months, and then and then uh, I think he bought me for Christmas the first official set, and um, so I got to bring the, the 24 guys in and um I uh, just kind of, you know, I, I kind of sped things up because I wanted to catch up as much as I could to the current stuff. Um, so I might not play a full game year or a full year with the sets, but we'd kind of bring in a couple sets uh, in an actual calendar year. Um, but, yeah, that's how I got got into the game. And and um, I don't, uh, unfortunately, have time to do a Champions Fed right now, but I'm, I do a pretty active uh, Legends Fed. I've really gotten into that. i uh, gotten to use guys that, Either I remember growing up or just guys I've learned about uh, from the past, like Frank Gotch and Strangler Lewis, and I've just really enjoyed putting together some unique matches, whether they actually took place in real life or just uh, just some, some unique ones as well. So that's been a lot of fun to get to book that, and I'm pretty active in posting my set on the discussion board. And um, I actually had dinner with Zeke a couple weeks ago. He came up to Minnesota, and he uh, complimented me on the, how long I've been posting my set on the board. So. No, that's really neat. Yeah, it's great to, you know, to have, you know, all, all that in there, be able to share that, you know, first for years, you know, you're booking your own bed and, you know, not being able to share now being able to do that is really great within the community. I think it's really, you know, help build it up even more. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You said you started in the, in the classics era and I don't think I, I, so many people, you know, started in 2087 or started with the latest set that was out. I've never heard anybody actually starting in the classics era, which is pretty neat. Yeah, it was, you know, and Chad had kind of explained it to me, you know, he gives, gives me those first two sets, and um, was, I recognized the blue ink, you know, being different from the standard sets, and, uh, you know, he kind of explained that Tom had kind of gone back and written the early, the early years, so uh, um, he, uh, he played my first tournament with me to crown my first champion. My first champion was uh, Sin. He defeated uh, Morpheus in the finals. Oh, wow. Mega, if you remember how strong his 2079 card was, he was eliminated, I think, first round by... Um, uh, Tantalus of the uh, the Estonian historian. Historian, sorry, historians. <laughs> it was funny when I when I got the game the the the, uh, the eighty seventh set back in eighty six. I was I was gonna I was thinking about 
doing, you know, like a tournament or, or doing, you know, some type of event to crown a champion. I'm like, well, you know, Phantos is wearing the belt on the card and, and Star Wars got a belt. So I just made Phantos the, because it's supposedly like an ongoing federation. Right. So I just kind of assumed that Phantos would be the champion. And then I made like Star Warrior, the secondary champion. Um, and I, I think I had the Greek gods as my initial tag champs, but they lost pretty quick to the glance. Um, but yeah, but that, that's, so I, yeah, I didn't even go through the whole tournament process or anything like that. So he was crowned in Rio de Janeiro, is what you're telling me? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no. much yeah. They'd they, they be Crusher and Dick the Bruiser. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So now you did mention Galacticon there. We just had our 30th Galacticon uh, just a couple weeks ago. But uh, Chad and Tim, you guys are there at the very first Galacticon in Jamestown back in 1990. Uh, want to tell us a little bit about that experience there? Yeah, so it's kind of funny because um, I was talking to my mom about this a couple weeks ago, you know, so I I believe, the way I remember it, like, I was one of the first people to get to Sheldon House. So, you know, we, we pull up there, I'm, what was I, 14, 16, I was 16, 16 years 18, old, yeah. and they just dropped me off at this house. And I'm like, Mom, that's so weird. She goes, oh, it looked like a nice house. <laughs> so, yeah, I got there, and Mark and Bob Ashby were there, and then other folks trickled in. I remember um, Mike Delve and, and Rob Nadon coming in, and these couple creepy old guys, which were Tim and Steve Minstoff. And, um, dude, there's only 26 at the time. I mean, come on. And then, uh, you know, the big thing was, uh, Myron X. Coleman got there and oh, just yeah. kind of, he, he was a good spark. Because we were all just kind of sitting there, oh, who are your champions? Yeah, we didn't really know what was going on yeah. or what to do. We didn't really have an agenda. There there wasn't a lot. I mean, we were expecting to, 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 to play, but, I mean, nobody really got things kicked off until until Myron got there. Yeah, and, and I think he had something planned. And then uh, Dave Fisher, remember him? Yeah. He had, like, those, like, the big, like, Monster Mountain, these yep. like these big huge matches, matches yep. like a like a Royal Rumble type thing. It wasn't like a, a cage match or anything. And we did some of those. And at the time, Tom just lived around the corner. Yep, he lived on Crossman. Yeah. yeah. So we went over to his house for a barbecue. There was only like what 15, 16 of us there. Maybe? That sounds about right. Yeah, maybe I think it was I, I think it was less than twenty. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then again, continuing this weird factor. <laughs> the next day, Tim was like, hey, I can give you a ride there. So my parents were like, sure. Same yeah. with the creepy old yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, so here's a guy we don't know, and he's offering to drive our son somewhere. And it's like, sure. Well, and plus you had those two other, uh, Paul Barnes. Yep. And um, Dave something. Oh, yeah. From Canada. Yeah, they're those two. Yep. So, you know, Timmy packs up a car with three young boys <laughs> and starts driving around Jamestown. <laughs> So, and, and, I, and I joke that the, the first night, I mean, there, there weren't any activities planned, you know, and, and so I just went to the hotel bar, I was staying at the Holiday Inn, yep. and I saw Steve Minskoff there, and he came over and we started talking, he's like, you know, we're probably the only two guys here old enough to drink, um, other than Tom, yeah. and, and, and we were. Uh, pretty much, because everybody back then was very young. I mean, they were all like high school age and younger. Yeah. Um, so it was it was very strange. And that's 
one of the reasons that I, I started bringing wrestling tapes because I was just starting to get into you know, tape trading and that, and I, I figured I wanted something to do on on those that night, you know, because it's like everybody just meandered off and and it, we didn't nobody knew what to do in Jamestown really, and so they just kind of went back to the hotel rooms and did their own thing, and so I started bringing tapes down, and that kind of became a you know for many years that kind of became like the uh, the Saturday night event. Yeah, yeah. and. I know you just want to hear about the first one. I'll tell one story from the second one. So because Tim starts bringing these tapes, we're all cramped. Was it your room? It was my room, yeah. Yeah, so there's like, again, I don't know, the next year, 15, 20 of us crammed into Tim's hotel room watching Japanese matches, and we're watching a tag team match with Jushin Liger against Sano, and they were having a big feud at the time, and they were on opposing sides. And, and Liger's partner, uh, I don't remember who it was, Boy, he he was just he was like a younger Japanese yeah. guy. So we had the very basic black trunks, black boots. Goes to do a dive at Sano, and Sano's kind of playing the the jerk heel. And Sano moves, and this dude guillotines himself on the guardrail. Yeah, it goes right through the ropes onto the guardrail, and and and, and basically just took it on his on his neck. And Ooh. everybody in the room, ah! everybody screams. And so I'm sitting there, and now I'm panicked because everybody in I just had like 25 people in my room or whatever it was scream at the top of their lung, and then they're all going, "Rewind it! Rewind it! Rewind it!" And so I did, but I, but I figured nobody would scream the second time, <laughs> and they all screamed. <laughs> and then about maybe five or six minutes later, we're still watching the, the match, the various matches, and the phone rings. And I remember Rob Nadon was sitting by the phone, and, he yeah. and, and all of a sudden you could hear a pin drop in the room. <laughs> and Rob picks up the phone, he's like, hello? <laughs> yep. and, 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 and it was the, uh, the hotel staff calling. There was a complaint that there was a lot of noise in the room. <laughs> and there was a guy there, Drew Flynn, yep. that was actually sitting on the table that was in my room, and he broke the table. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Yeah, that was a very eventful first uh, night at the matches uh, yeah, uh, in so Collecticon, too. Despite what Sabu will tell you, table breaking yeah. was a <laughs> <laughs> Jamestown in 1991. Yeah. Well, I know uh, my, my first Collecticon was number 10, and by that point, the night at the matches was a, was a huge thing. And I think even I, there was like a preview night, like I remember Friday night going by your guys' room uh, and watching a bunch of stuff, and... I, myself, that was my first introduction to a lot of ECW and to a lot of Japanese stuff that I had never seen before. And I, I'm like, same for a lot of people. A lot of yeah. people, you know, unless you did the tape trading and really did that, I mean, you know, th- these are the days of no internet or anything. So, um, you know, that, that became a, a lot of people's that, you know, that were there at the convention. It was their first exposure to that stuff. Yeah, it was, it was mine. I'd never seen anything like it. And then I think... The next year, also, you brought some Wrestling Observer newsletters. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a few months later, I started getting that. So between buying the Observer and tape trading, I figure our friendship has cost me about 25 grand. <laughs> <laughs> and, Corey, when was your first going? My, uh, well, I, I came with on the trips that we kind of made Galacticon our family vacation for those first three years. Uh, but, I mean, I didn't actually attend the convention, of course. I did attend the 1992 Night at the Matches, um, just, th- just that and not the gaming part of the convention. I remember watching Eddie Gilbert and Cactus Jack in the three-match oh, yeah. one-night series they oh. did for Tri-State Wrestling. I was really excited. I'd read about it in PWI and was excited to see that. Um, I remember watching some Liger matches. 
And I remember, so this is 92, um, uh, Tim had a couple of the Hulk Hogan-Rick Flair matches from Madison Square Garden. And I was excited because WWF hadn't put them on TV. They never did them on pay-per-view. So I was excited to watch. But as soon as you started, everybody else started talking game stuff or comics. Nobody wanted to watch Hogan Flair. Uh, ever yeah. seen Liger and, and, and Tri-State and all this other cool <laughs> stuff. Um, everybody's like, oh, okay, no big deal. I don't um, think anybody in the arenas wanted to watch Yeah. Hogan. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my first actual Galacticon as a player was, uh, was 95 after uh, I had gotten those first classic sets. And, uh, yeah, I, I went from 95 through 2003, I believe. Um, always enjoyed the night at the matches. Uh, for a couple of years there, I, I kind of put together some of the night at the matches tapes yep. uh, on Tim's behalf. And uh, I had, uh, I think it was the 2001 convention, uh, won the trivia challenge, uh, came down to Pete Fusco and I, um, and then I actually won the, the tournament of champions. Um, got to choose Alpha Force 2093. <laughs> Yep. And uh, won won the tournament with him. Um, next year, Pete got his win back over me, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, got his heat back. Yeah, got his yeah. heat back. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a, a a back and forth final match again, but uh, um, yeah, just had a lot of fun. Got to you know get to know Tim better. I've known him for a long time. I always I, I tell my wife and others that I've known this guy since I was a teenager, and <laughs> then I have to explain. Well, how do you know this guy from New York? He's yeah. got a family member, and so then I tie in the game connection and i usually tell people tim and i met in prison it's not a wrestling convention it's not a gaming convention it's a wrestling game convention. <laughs> uh, so yeah so yeah prison sounds sounds a little easier <laughs> to handle yeah <laughs> yeah i'm actually looking at the galacticon cup right now Corey. you were you were the first name on the cup with that alpha force you That's you started the legacy awesome yeah, you were the first name on it, and then I am the last name that filled up the cup. Oh, yeah, so, you know, it's per- a perfect. Shady, Todd. Uh, you know, you know. <laughs> um, I won a tag team tournament, I think, at the fourth one with the Greek gods. That was the first time I won a tournament. That's the one that I, I put together was yeah. because they had done, like, a big 64-man singles tournament the year before, and, and I, I had a jury rig a couple uh, uh, teams, but I... I we came up with this huge, and I remember I had it on, because, you know, no computers, anything, right? I had it on, like, pieces of paper that were all taped together. <laughs> I still got it at home. Oh, oh my God. God. But, but I, I, and I, I know, because the Greek gods were Chad's favorite team, and I thought it was pretty cool that he took them to the finals and won. Yeah, I think that's the only time I won any tournament. Yeah. Well, well I, I actually, you guys put on the first tournament of the first Galacticon I was at, number 10. And the winner got the night of the matches tape, and I won that one with chaos. Oh. Um, that 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 started my legacy as the tournament master. Um, but I remember but there was so many great matches on that tape. But I remember my favorite was Headhunter One versus Headhunter Number Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what carnage! It was wonderful. It was great. <laughs> so, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go. Ahead. I was to say, there's actually a guy here this weekend who, you know, he's an older gentleman, He's and, you know, he said he was in the business. I'm like, oh, and he wrestled in wing where those matches took place early in his career. And I'm like, look, and it's like, you have no blood on your, you know, he doesn't have a scar or anything. But, I mean, I believe him. He's a super nice guy, but I'm like, holy cow, you would not, and he looks very mild-mannered. He's not like a big dude or anything. So the fact that this guy was in a in a hardcore fit in Japan was kind of surprising. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so there's a way. 
pledges. <laughs> so, so there's one other early Galacticon uh, story that I'd like to hear a little bit more about. So, um, you know, when I when I came to my first Galacticon, the big thing, uh, well, it was the year before, but then the second war, uh, version came out when I was there. It was the NGO. Um, so what to tell us a little bit about the origins of that I mean I don't really I don't remember how who brought it up I think Tim did I think I I, I think I I, you know and it was probably half jokingly saying you know we should put together a set and and so it it was uh, me Chad Corey Steve Minskoff and Mike Dell and it's like well you know and, and we kind of came up with the idea um, and, uh, and then we said, well, you know, we got to do t-shirts and, you know, and, and, and we got to, we got to do like, we, we got to keep this quiet and we got to do like an entrance and we got to do the whole yeah. thing. And so we kind of, we kind of put the shirts on, we, we kind of snuck away from the convention and I think Tom was getting ready to do his Q and A or something like that. We didn't tell Tom either. And, and we snuck into the back, the, the back area of the Sheldon house, put our, put our t-shirts on. Got a, we had a boombox and, and we're playing uh, Voodoo Child by, by Jimi Hendrix, and um, uh, and and we basically came in wearing the shirts, and uh, and, and and that kind of started the whole thing. And we got uh, Mike New, the artist, um, Randy Bugdale, Randy Bugdale uh, from Canada, and he said, "Hey, you know, he's really good. He does like this. I, I, I forget what they call it, but like the little stippling, yeah." And uh, he said, you know, so it's a different style than anybody's been using. Um, and, and so we just kind of came up with some, and we, we tried to do it tongue-in-cheek, you know, and, and come up with some weird characters. And, and just and we, we, we each basically came up with two characters. Um, so it's, and then we, Chad and I tried to fit them all in, and, and Corey, too, we tried to fit them together in a storyline, which wasn't the easiest thing to do. <laughs> I'm trying to take you know, five people's ideas and cram them into a, <laughs> and then, you know, as, that, yeah. as we did three sets and it got worse the farther we got in because we had more and more characters and, yeah. you know, but we plotted out the, we, we were in a country, it was a country skillet, uh, village in village in. We were, we were sitting, Chad and I, we, we had probably the country skillet. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> over, over, we, we basically, uh, plotted out like the the second and third like the direction we wanted to go in while having breakfast at this uh at the, at the village inn uh and and uh just just trying to figure out what we were doing there but i think it was great it was it was really the first high quality bootleg set that came out there with really i mean randy was a fantastic yes. artist oh yeah did, did some great stuff um, you know, the, the, I thought we put together good cards that weren't like overly powered because back then a lot of the bootlegs were just like super crazy. Um, you know, as far as the, 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 how strong the, the, the stats were, the stats were super crazy, not the Lucha guy. Yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, we tried to put together a, a, a something that made sense and that would be fun for people to play. Can I, uh, one, one more quick thing on just the first NGO appearance at Galacticon. I don't think we even told Steve until that weekend. We did yeah we did, right? well he he wanted he contributed his cards yeah but we didn't tell him that we were doing a skit and then we had my my uh, ex wife took one of my dad's old blazers and oh. she ironed on <laughs> That's right. the letters NGO because we made a, a Mr. Hoffa character 
Oh, that was the that was the big reveal because we yeah. told every once we came in and, and and handed out the sets and all that, we uh, we told people, look, you know, we, we only because what was it ten cards? Yeah, and we they said, oh, there's only nine cards in there. We'll 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 send it out to yeah, them. we'll send it out to everybody once we we get it. And then then we had Bob come out as like the 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 uh, the anti Phil Singer uh, representative, and so. <laughs> He came out and he says, "My name is Mr. Hoppe, and this is my card." And it was his game card. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that was the, the last card for the set. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we we got Bob in on it too. So that was Bob. Bob, for those who don't don't know, used to be was the the printer, the original printer for all the early game editions. And, and he was a fu- fun guy, and he'd he bring awesome. he'd bring whiskey and summer sausage to his. I mean, it was a party in his room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he printed up the those original sets for you guys then too. Yeah, he did. No, no, oh not, no, that's not right. To the not third, your, not yes, to the, the third, third one. Yep. It, it oh. was a lot of our price range. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we were, we were trying to keep the cost down back then because you know we were we we're selling the sets, which you know, um, you know, it, it was tough because we were all younger. We didn't, you know, have, you know, now we're all independently wealthy, <laughs> but but you know, we didn't have a lot of money, and so it, it cost a lot to do the t-shirts and and to do the the. Uh, the cards and so um you know we, we basically tried to recover it and have enough to buy pizza yeah uh you know uh with, 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 yeah, yeah which is exactly pretty much uh the, the way it worked out yeah my ex-wife actually set typeset the first two sets and then i just had them printed up at a kinko's yeah. oh. and cool. i think i think it was so expensive to have them cut the cards that i actually sat i bought a a paper cutter mm-hmm. and, and lined them all and so did that for Quite a while to to get them all uh, get them all cut up and lined up. Yeah, that's how I did my first couple as well. That yep. I think that really did inspire a lot of the other people to really start. You know, it, it kind of upped the ante on the bootleg stuff. You know, so instead of just you know some stats written on a on a sheet of paper, now all of a sudden you know you had to get artwork. You had to, and, and now I mean you see so much with you know, and I think we're you know we're keeping Warner pretty much uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, busy all the time with a lot of the bootleg stuff that he does. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think that really kind of upped the game back then, and, and really kind of, uh, you know, everybody started started coming out with some really quality stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of years later, in two thousand three, um, it's kind of changing from you guys working on these the bootleg stuff. Uh, it was the kickoff of the Legends of Wrestling line, and you guys were very involved in in that, in the first set of that. How did that kind of come about, uh, the, the whole Legends of Wrestling line? Uh, Tom did, what did he do, the King Kong Bundy card first? Yes, I think so, yeah, yeah. I think that was and, the first. And then he started releasing, he did like Greg and Johnny Valentine, yeah. DiBiase, Sheik and Bolkoff. Yep, Nikita Brezhnikov and Virgil. Yeah. yeah. And Frank, I think even Frank got Yeah, Frank yeah. Frank got this before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had us help with, well, I, I remember helping with Sheik and Volkoff and DiBiase. Okay. Um, I think he did the Valentines, and I don't know if he asked Tim or I to start. Yeah, I, 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 rem, I remember oh, being I, involved, but I'm not quite sure. What I remember is that um, Chad and I just happened to be together that weekend, and Tim called both of us, and Tim had talked, to, or Tom oh, had okay. called to Tim and asked that, um, more Tim and Chad work on the on these full sets. He said, and especially don't have Corey work. He, on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but you know, little little uh, spoiler alert or bre- breaking kayfabe here. But yeah, they you know as they started working on full sets, they would kind of email each other and share the stats with me too. So I was kind of aware of what was going on, and and then I just kind of got started helping because um, with the initial twenty four full set of legends, um, that was the first sets along with the champion sets released at the time where you had the picture, the headshot of the wrestler, and their height, weight, and hometown or home planet listed on the back. That all started with those releases that year. Um, And so Tom had sent um, kind of the drafts of the stats with those uh, heights, weights, and hometowns. um, Again, before email was super advanced or Tom knew how to do attachments and not not rip it on Tom, but (laughs) actually mailed copies to Tim and Chad. Yeah, and oh, we yeah. looked at those. Yeah. Um, I was home over Christmas break from college, and there, um, some of the info was not right. And I said, "Well, you know, I, let me let me look this stuff up for you guys." So that was kind of my contribution, and that kind of became my area for the first few sets. Um, and just kind of over time, I I started helping out with more of the stats and other things. So yeah, and I think we kind of helped out. I know. Um, uh, just funny story about the very first set. I know uh, I was talking to Tom on the phone, and uh, he was saying, you know, I really wish I had a second tag team to, to, to go with the Road Warriors. <laughs> and uh, and we had already lined up doing, like, a Boogie Woogie Jimmy Valiant card. And I said, oh, it's too bad you don't have Johnny Valiant. And I said, because then you'd have the Valiant Brothers. And he said, hey, is that the guy that was a manager in WWF? And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, they, they, they were a... a pseudo brother team and it was like oh yeah i've got him signed <laughs> and so that that that's how I, and, and, and so i guess he just wasn't aware of, you know of, of johnny's earlier career yeah. and uh so yeah so that's how uh we, you know the valians kind of uh got in the game so yeah that tom was, tom just knew him as johnny v yeah he didn't realize he was johnny yeah. valiant which you know he just he never saw that wrestling yeah it wasn't you know before before YouTube or the the dawn of YouTube, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. and funny, we never got that Johnny V manager card. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Didn't we do it in we promoter did, pride? We it oh, we did yeah, it. We did it, it, it early promoter. The online yeah. stuff. Yeah, before it was called promoter prime, and we right. Yep. But yeah. Right. Hopefully, we'll get it out someday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I think is funny is that, like, when I played Superstar Pro. I would make fictional guys to wrestle the superstar pro guys, mm-hmm. but when I never did the opposite with made the G- real guys. Yeah, and, I never yeah. made real guys in the GWF system until we started doing Legends. And I'm sure other people did that along the way. I, oh, I know yeah, they no, did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They made cards of their favorite guy. You know, they had Ultimate Warrior fight Wolf or whatever. Or, but um, I, that never never occurred to me until... Uh, we started working on legends. Hmm. Very neat. So, uh, so uh, I know the process has probably changed a lot over the years, but like, can you guys kind of walk through a little bit of the process of when a new set is kind of coming together? Kind of how you guys go about, um, you know, figuring out the stats and and you know and and everything like that. How, how what what is uh, yeah. What? What? How does? How is it before, and and how does that change to what you were doing now? Um, I think um, early on we just kind of divided up, you know, the roster. Mm-hmm. And once we kind of, because I think I think Tom pretty much knew the, the roster. Yeah. And and so he said, okay, you know, here's here's the people that are going to be in it, 
and then Chad and I would try and figure out if it was an AWA guy, it went to Chad. If it was a WWE guy, it came to me. Um, you know, and we tried to figure out who, who'd seen that person more because obviously we didn't have a lot of YouTube video, and, and it was basically, you know, do you have any tapes with this guy on? And, and so we were just trying to figure stuff out. Um, but we went with who had the, the most knowledge uh, of that person. And if neither of us did, then, you know, it was a coin flip to kind of even out the workload. Yeah, and then when Corey jumped in on the team too, he would he would help with that resource, and it was nice because we could spread it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then I remember after we did the cards for Brutus Beefcake and Buff Bagwell. Oh yeah, and they were both special edition cards, mm-hmm. and we did them. At, we did them. At, at, we didn't do them together. We we did them. At, we knew they were coming, but we did them at like separate times, like not that far apart, but but at separate. But they were really alike. They were built. Because yeah. did somebody do one and somebody else do the other? I Fantastic. believe so, yeah. But they yeah. both have, like, level two, yeah, number four, and a choice B or something. They're they, very structurally the same. And, and Tom didn't like that, which, I mean, it makes sense. You should yeah. I'm not a big believer of basing people's stats on who else is in the roster, but there's ways to make cards so they don't look exactly alike. Right. And so then after that, Tim developed the now famous nerd sheet. <laughs> he, he put together this Excel spreadsheet of everybody in a set and who has a choice A, who has a ropes, who has ropes with a C, and does that for all the charts. He does it for their pin, like not what their pin rating is, but what number, the, because Tom doesn't want, you know, all 10 guys to have pins on number six. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And, and he, he made this, and I, then I dubbed it the nerd yeah. sheet because it's, I mean, it's an amazing thing. It does help us. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, because, yeah, I, what I did was I tried to encompass not just the, the charts and the choices, but also, you know, uh, do we have guys that have three power and ag uh, potential reversals? Do we have uh, uh, anyone with, uh, like, three big moves on, like, number four, or, uh, four five, and six on level two offense? Uh, does, do we have people with downs on level two uh, defense? And, and, and just to just to kind of capture it so that we didn't structure, we didn't have a set where we structured like all six guys had the same the same setup. Or I, I call one of my call the twenty one twenty one defense, where on on level one defense you've got a, a level two reversal and a level one reversal, and you've got the same setup on on level two defense. So, yeah, and and now I mean the you know there's just been so much footage coming out over the years. We're so fortunate to have the WWE Network and the NWA Classics when that was around and, uh, you know, YouTube and just, you know, before DVDs kind of became obsolete, but, you know, <laughs> my DVD collection increased a lot and part of it was just to research Legends cards. So yeah. Tom probably owes me some money too. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know... You didn't put those through in an expense report? Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't keep my receipts with like DVDs I bought <laughs> various tape dealers but um and, and now it kind of depends on what time of the year it comes out because with our work schedules and our life schedules you know it's, yeah, I, I feel like we get older yeah <laughs> i just feel like there's times where maybe one of us is or two of us are doing more heavy lifting and then you know we got to give a shout out to our buddy Stu lowry because from the yeah, start he's yeah. been writing the handbooks and you know we we go in and he kind of leaves the finishers blank, and we go in and insert them, put in any sp- other special moves, and then we'll look it over, too, throwing, hey, this guy feuded with that guy. And, and so it's a very collaborative effort. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, and now with 
Um, really, the roster's kind of determined by us and Stu and you, Todd, and then Mike Molesky. And I think we've got a really good working group now. Yeah, yeah. Where, it's a good project know, where things get shared along the way. You can make comments. I mean, everybody's open to, to you know, critiques here and there. Yeah. And we still argue, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean we're not like... You know, it's not like we're breaking up friendships, but we will disagree. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that happened early on, too. I mean, yeah. I remember I remember on Danny Boring's card, you, you, you had, I think you had worked on that, or maybe it was Corey. I, I, yeah, I did some of that. And, and there, was, was, there was, like, a tag on level three defense, and I'm like, why the hell does Danny Boring <laughs> merit a tag on level three defense? <laughs> and we would get into these, you know, but, but it's not like, you know, uh, you know, anybody went away with hurt feelings. It was just there was a disagreement. Yeah. And every now and then, if if, if we couldn't, you know, come to a, you know, reach an amicable settlement, we just say, okay, well, we'll flag this for Tom when he reviews it, and he can make the final call. Yep. Um, and, and that's kind of the, the way it worked. I mean, I've been more, uh, you know, I haven't really been as involved uh, in the in the, the color sets. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still involved in the process but I'm, I'm not out there you know really putting the cards together i'm just kind of looking at them and and and, and tweaking uh you know a couple things or suggesting a couple things here and there as, as you know they, they come out yeah no it is a really great team process and uh, yeah i think everybody really yeah does a good job and yeah I, this is looked at by so many different eyes and different perspectives that really i think kind of gets you know the best result out for all these guys which is is great to see I think everybody's respectful of one another. And yeah, I, I yeah. think, you know, the, I, I think the group, you know, we all play well in the sandbox. So I think it's good. Yeah, so, I mean, disagreement's going to happen, but yeah, know, yeah. That, that's life. And, yep. you know, I will, I will say, I'm, even though I'm involved with the process from beginning to end, and sometimes, you know, our players online are like, oh, I'm so excited to get it at my mailbox. I'm just excited, too to see what we worked on and put yeah. a lot of time yeah. into and then get those cards in my hand. The physical yeah. cards, it's still, yeah. it, it's it's still, still fun. fun. And it, it is. is. Yeah. It's still it is. much fun. You know, even with seeing, like, the PDFs when Mike puts the um, Warner's art and the colored art with the stats, and, you know, we review those to make sure everything turned out okay. You know, it, it is still very special to get the cards in the mail, even though you've seen them in your email, to yeah. get those physical cards yeah, and see how they came out printed. I um, I showed them to my kids when I got this latest, the, the, the hardcore set with Abdullah and Shane Douglas. Um, you know, they saw me opening this envelope, and they don't quite get what the game's about. I've talked about it. I just say they're, they're daddy's wrestling cards. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but they, but I, I showed them, and, uh, you know, I, you know, Todd, you were part of this, I think, picking out the, the uh, picture for Abdullah. We just, you know, were we going to do blood on Abdullah or not? <laughs> yeah. we, right, kinda, right. we didn't because I think my kids would get scared by that. But uh, <laughs> Isn't that the whole point with Abdullah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but I have, yeah, and you want it to be a... Uh, you want it to be a potentially family-friendly type yeah. situation. Yeah. So, not to say that we can't do a bloody Abdullah down the line for something right. special, yeah. Yep. You know, but yeah, the <laughs> standard one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and actually, in uh, uh, Chad and Corey are also a huge help uh, in the editing process on the uh, indie stuff as well. Uh, definitely, hugely appreciate your guys' help and and kind of making things, you know, making sure things are sane and making sure. Things, you know, things are spelt right, uh, although, you know, sometimes we have different spellings for Hurricane Rana. Yeah, but, yeah uh, I, I, I'm still not on board with that, by the way. I know, I know, I realize, I realize. Oh, I'm past it. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, with, with all the different legend sets we've put throughout the years and, and uh, different uh, guys who signed on to be the game, uh, be in the game, I know a number of those you guys have uh, helped uh, bring into there. Uh, do you got, what are some of the cool or crazy uh, stories that you have about meeting different wrestlers and asking to be in the Legends game? Um, I mean, I think the one that had tied into this weekend the most is, you know, Tim and I have been to every induction of this Hall of Fame ceremony. And after Luthez passed away, um, I, I know Tom had spoken to to his his widow, Miss Charlie Fez, who is one of the coolest human beings yes, on earth. Absolutely. absolutely. And, um, oh, she made cookies, by the way. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, little, little sorry. tangent sorry. Uh, for that. So you can edit that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, you know, and, and you know, she said no, and this is not the time, and that's cool. But, you know, from the start of, of our attending, um, you know, this is a banquet, so we, we wear suit and ties yep. to this. And, I mean, she appreciated us. And, you know, for the first few years, she didn't remember our name. She meets a ton of people, but she always called us her boys. Yeah. yeah. And she's told us that she appreciated that we dressed up because, unfortunately, some people come to a wrestling banquet in a Stone Cold shirt. Yeah. And... Uh-huh. No matter how you dress, you'll never be the worst dressed person at a wrestling match. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, and, and, and that's absolutely the truth. Um, but, you know, I'm, and I'm sorry, I don't remember when Luthez's card then came out, but it was because of us just having that relationship, and we yep. finally asked, you know, hey, could we do this, you know? Um, and she's like, oh, anything for you guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because I was talking to her, and she said, any, any, anything to keep the old boy alive. You yeah. know, I mean, the old boy's memory alive. And I believe that was Galacticon week because I remember oh, yeah, calling, it was. I yep. called Rob Bobian and I said, Rob, I, I, and, and I said, we just signed Luthez. Because I was excited because yeah. it's yeah. freaking Luthez. Um, and I'm like, if I never contribute anything else to this game again, <laughs> at least I, I signed Luthez. Uh, so um, so I called Rob and I think they announced that the Galacticon that, 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 that he had signed. So I think that that was uh, uh, kind of a big deal. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. I'm trying to think who, like, at the last, and, and these guys haven't been released yet, so I'm not trying to taunt anybody, but <laughs> there have been two. I, I signed somebody last year in 18 at, at the CAC, and then this year. And um, I was, I'm so excited about both of them. I, I'm like, I'm mouthing the words. Yeah. Um, I mouth the words to the guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I know what you mouth as well. So yeah. <laughs> and, and like the one, it's like, like I didn't recognize him this year, and then I said, "I'm oh my god, it's it's you know insert wrestler's name here." Got a picture taken with him, and I was just you know it's not this guy, this gentleman wasn't a world champion. Yeah, it's not like yeah, no. yeah, it's not. But uh, he's just going to be a fun mid card guy. Um, trying to think of anybody else i mean i remember when when i i had uh, contacted some some people some uh, wrestling journalists um uh that um greg oliver who uh, had written a couple you know the the hall of fame books that, that he had put out and just tried to get some contact information from him and back then of course you know there's it wasn't email it was phone phones and i i think i've still got some old uh like like mailing addresses for some of these people <laughs> but um i remember contacting um uh, Newt Tatry, who is Guido Mongol, uh, and, and talking to him over the phone, and just what a great guy! And, and, and I was telling him about the game and all that, and 
And I figured there's no way. You know, these, it's a phone call. It's not like I can actually show him cards or anything. He was completely on board. He thought this was a great idea. Um, uh, he said that, that he used to play, he, I, I think, I think uh, or maybe maybe it was uh, some, some kids or something, that he used to play Stratomatic. And so he was kind of, he was kind of on board when, once I kind of described the game. And he said, yeah, just send me the release form. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we, we've heard that before. Uh, but literally got the thing back in like no time. Um, but but that was that it, it was just fun calling some of these people and just talking to them. And like Stan Hansen recently, mm-hmm. uh, I think I talked about this on the board, but that was really a, a team effort where he had come to this induction for uh, this is the second year he'd been there, and you know. Um, at, at our autograph signing, which I coordinate, I wisely sat him by Barbara Goodish so I could show <laughs> Bruce Brody's card and say, hey, Mrs. Goodish said that, you know, we could do her husband. And I got it, you know, we talked a bit. I got his contact window info, and I passed it on to Mike Molesky. And Mike has just been such a good yeah. uh, He's our closer. Yeah, And gets gets those guys signed, and, and it's just awesome. So, yeah. again... This this event has helped us a lot to sign people. Um, Dan Severn, I yeah. signed here. Mm-hmm. Danny Hodge. Danny Hodge. Dick Hutton. Dick Hutton. Yeah, I I think we got Harley Race's contact info to, to pass yeah. along yeah. to Tom. Um, uh, I mean, and just a lot of people along the way. And between that and CSC, I get I get them all kind of mixed up. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, I think Mike has really kind of at least lit a fire. You know, he. You know, that first color set, there wasn't anybody new in it. Nobody had been signed. And, you know, uh, Mike started getting some people signed. So last year, you know, I signed Alexis Smirnoff at the CAC. And, yeah, we signed a, we, we pretty much, we went up to everybody at CAC we could find and, yeah. and talked to them. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, just Chad, just me, or together, um, I think we work pretty effectively. You know, when we can double team them sometimes, it helps. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we talked to a bunch of people and I think we had what, like seven signings. Yeah. And then this year, I think I got three or four and, you know, so we're really, we're really working hard too. Um, and and Mike's been working hard. He went down to that, the Texas hall of fame in in 2018. He went down there, got some good guys. I mean, there's so many guys we got signed now. I'm just so excited to get all these guys out. And, um, and they're not all the biggest names in the history of the business, but they're cool guys that will fit into everybody's sets when yep. they do eventually come out. Right. There's, there's a couple of contacts I've made recently um, oh, yeah. in the Twin Cities, yeah. Minnesota. I wish I could say the names. <laughs> um, and I, and I, it, uh, our friend Eli runs a promotion, Midwest All-Star Wrestling. They put on a huge show in May and had a ton of legends, a lot of AWA guys, but some other non-AWA guys too. And um, I talked to a couple guys, showed them the legends cards just to kind of explain what the game was and showed them some AWA contemporaries. And there were some, there was some big interest. I passed our contact info on to Mike. Um, like I said, I wish uh, one, one, one of the wrestlers actually gave his opinions on the card format and set up and uh, which was just fun to hear, but he was, he seemed very interested in it. He's, uh, he's not signed yet, but, um, but Mike's sure, got Mike, his Mike, info. Mike was standing at the driveway, the driveway <laughs> when they got home that yeah. night. And, yeah. you know, well, didn't he say, Corey, Oh, you should do the nameplates on the front. Yes. The pictures. It's like, yeah. yeah, we used to do that, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he really got into it when I showed him some of his contemporaries, and uh, um, you know, so I'm really, I'm really hoping it's a, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a big name, but a name that people, I think, most people would know, and uh, hoping, hoping we can get him signed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all you can do is ask. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep. You know? yeah. And just be respectful. And, you know, if, if fans are at something and, you know, they don't, if, if you get a contact, get contact information for people and, you know, and uh, Zeke does a great job. Yes, Ty, does. Yeah. Ty States does a good job. He's had some really good signings lately. Yeah. Um, and, and it, but it all comes kind of goes back. Like when we were talking about the NGO sets earlier, you know, those, those cards weren't all main eventers because it doesn't take, and I don't want to offend anybody, it doesn't take any talent to make a ton, you know, 10 main eventers. Right. Yeah. The hard part is making a mid-card guy who doesn't stink and still has an interesting story. Yeah. And that you still want to use the card. Yeah. 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 So that's why with some of these other guys we've signed, it's like, hey, that, that's going to be an exciting mid-carder to have. Because I do think Legends for a while was really main event heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, because we just had, we had, we were blessed to get yeah. all these great signings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did the new uh, color starter. We wanted to get all those big games out there, and you know, just to be kind yeah. of attractive for people to get. But now that we're doing all these expansions, and now that we have the the Legends Prime thing, that we can start releasing a lot more of these other new guys, which has been great. Yes. Yeah, and like you know, with those first couple CAC sets, they had some main eventers, but then they had some of the guys who were very active in the CAC who were you know yeah. who were mid carders or a little lower, and yeah. and those are fun cards to have too. I mean. Rock Riddle. Who doesn't want to use a Rock Riddle? Oh, my gosh. I met him at the CAC, and that that man is amazing. He is He's just so much fun. Yeah, he's here. He's, he's here, here in Waterloo. For the, 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 the Hall of Fame weekend here. Yep, this is his second time out here, and long-time CAC. And I, I, I was thrilled, like, when when uh, when we got Lord Zoltan, um, because I I sat with him at a CAC, and it was, uh, I think I sat with him and Dominic DiNucci, uh, and a lot of those, uh, like, Pittsburgh, uh, Cleveland, Buffalo-type guys. Um, and so that was a big thrill for me to be sitting at the same table with, you know, Dominic DiNucci. Um, and, uh, uh, but, but it's just kind of cool when you, when you get some of those. I always said, you know, if, if Chad ever starts promoting again, and if I, if I get back into mind, we're going to wind up, he's going to have Rock Riddle as his champion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because we're, we're thrilled about some of these guys that, you know, I probably aren't going to win win a lot of belts, or, or at least uh, you know not not hold them too long. Yeah, I mean it's like when people on the boards are like, "Oh, you should si- sign so and so." It's like, "Well, we will." Do you have a contact? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not going to turn right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah, we're we're going out there and trying to get to everybody because everybody, you know, you can build a fed with a lot of colorful guys that we have, and yeah, everybody has their place. Yeah, and it's you know it's a community. I mean, you know. Yeah. It, a lot of people talk about well, every, if somebody should should go sign. I, I I see this person's active on Facebook. Someone should sign him. It's like, well, why don't you try to sign him? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, yeah. If you've started that relationship, do it. If, yeah. If, 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 if you you know broken the ice, I mean, go for it. I mm-hmm. mean, it, you know, like I said, it, you know, it, sometimes they say no. Like Luthez, I mean, said said no initially, and and then as Charlie got to know us and know we weren't just a couple of yahoos that were you know, trying to make, make some money off her, her, her late husband um, and realized what we were doing. I mean, she was more than happy to, to have Lou in the game. Um, so things can change over time. Too. Yeah. So you never know. Yeah, I think it's been really great. Uh, I know so many different guys who I never knew that I learned of through the game, and I think it's true for a lot of fans that, you know, it's really bringing, you know, these guys' careers, you know, le- you know educating more people about the great things that they did. And right. that's a great thing that this game does. Yep. Yep. I, yeah. And I mean, I think, I, I think it's, it's cool. You know, you, you show guys their cards, get an autograph. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I, I got to meet Hacksaw, uh, Jim Duggan a couple 
uh, last summer actually, and um, I had met him before and got my black and white card signed, but I got the color one, and he his first comment was like, "I look really good here." <laughs> like he liked Warner's his artwork; it was a little muscular, and he was pretty pleased. And I, I know when uh, when I talked to I, when Tyler Black, uh, Seth Rollins, when he was Ring of Honor champion, I, I was at a meet and greet with, with him, and uh, and I, I gave him the, the the black and white card that I had, and and he just he, he kind of looked at it, he just looked up at me, and he was dead serious. He said. Am I any good? Is it is my card any good in this game? And so I mean, he was concerned that, yeah. that you know he 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 was he was capable. Uh, you know his cards were capable, and I said, "Yeah, you're you're not bad." Well, he asked me the same question yeah. at an indie show, um, boy, Nine ten years, years ago, ago or so, and um, and I think he had played mm-hmm. Champions of the Galaxy, okay, because he was looking at the card, and he asked me the same question, and I go. Well, you're not going to beat Harley Race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his later champion card, maybe. I think yeah, it was maybe, yeah. back, right, uh, <laughs> well, well, guys, uh, definitely, I think, a big uh, thanks to you guys. I- I'm sure many in the community thank you for everything you've done uh, for the Phil Singer Games community over the years. I know I definitely do. Um, and, uh, just wanted to, you know, before we wrap up here, if there's any, uh, last kind of parting words or any shout outs or anything like that, that you, uh, that you have. Well, I mean, you know, like we said, you know, it, it, it's a shame, uh, Stu Lowry couldn't make it this year. He was here last year. Um, it's the same shame. We couldn't have, you know, the, 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 the fourth, uh, uh, the, the, the fourth member of the, uh, the, the, the team here, but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's uh, you know, hopefully we'll uh, wind up talking to some people and and have some other signings that we can't divulge the names on uh, <laughs> uh, after in the next couple of days. Yeah, and I just want to kind of put in a plug for this weekend. If you're ever able to get out here, um, I mean, like I said, I haven't been to all of these, but um, I, every year, if it's possible, I, I make it down here. Um, you know, it's just it's just a great time. And as Chad said, you know, compared to some of the other conventions and, and wrestling fan fest this one is really it, it focuses a lot on the fans i mean obviously it's about the wrestlers too but um you know just a lot of the guys that come are happy to be recognized you know they'll, they'll come out and talk to you we really really try to make it a lot about the fans so if you get out here waterloo iowa um it's worth the drive or the, or the flight uh, tim's lost his luggage a few times yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but um but it, it's it's worth it it's so much fun yeah, I, uh, you know, I don't think there's any other event like this where you could sit at a bar talking to Stan Hansen for two hours, uh, which I was lucky enough to do, um, you know, a couple of years ago, and it was just a, it was a great time. I mean, I got to sit there and just, you know, and we were talking about life. We weren't just talking about, you know, uh, you know, why the hell did you break Bruno's back? Uh, <laughs> but, but we were talking about a, a, you know, variety of different things. He was talking about his son that lives up in Minnesota. And, and all these, and it was just a, it was just a great time. But then, and, and I remember we got out of there because Wade Keller was uh, from the pro wrestling torch was sitting next to Stan. And, and we, I was talking to Wade later on. And he said, how cool was that? I said, yeah, that was pretty great. So yeah, it, it, those types of things happen here, but I, I don't think you'll see stuff like that at like Cauliflower Alley um, or some of the other fan fest, but, it, but go to that too. I mean, that, that's a, that's a great experience as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, I don't want to sound like we're bad mouthing the other thing. No, because no, 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 not it's at all. just, it's just the accessibility yeah. where, you know, tonight we had a social to, to kick off the weekends. We, you know, we got pizza and, and soda and beer and stuff and you're sitting, 
you're sitting next to, you know, James Beard, you're sitting next to Jerry Briscoe, or, you know, tonight down at the bar we do a wrestling trivia thing, and the legends are down there. They're not, they're not doing the trivia, but they're just hanging out with us in the bar at the lovely Ramada in, <laughs> in Waterloo, Iowa, which is another story. Yeah, but um, Rick McCord, I mean, there's yeah, guys that just, you know. Yeah, there's... there's they're just so accessible, and they're just hanging out with you, yep. and they do become your friends. You yeah, know? they. Yeah, um, Jerry Briscoe has been a huge asset, a huge supporter of this Hall of Fame. Um, it's usually the last weekend in July, so I know you know it can be tough for people to do both, but you know maybe can't make Galacticon, you know, head this way. Um, and yeah, and I want to give a shout out to Zeke too because yes. yeah. between yeah. between us, Absolutely. you know, there's a contingent. Um, I helped book an independent group here called Ind- Impact Pro Wrestling. We had the name first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, between our group going out to to Vegas, which is usually about 15 of us, and then Zeke coming out last year. I mean, I told Zeke, he's an honorary island. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> Zeke, Zeke's part of our crew, so we yeah. we miss him being here, too. Yeah, I, find, I actually got to meet him. He did a trip to Minnesota. Couldn't make it to Waterloo, but he, he's... Uh, wanted to visit he's he's on a mission to visit all the major league baseball parks so he got to target field and uh i got to got to have dinner with him it was in the middle of a downpour but uh we went to a great brewery in the twin city so after all these years i finally got to actually meet zeke in person that was great yeah so yeah just in closing i mean i i think it's been a cool opportunity for us to you know Corey still promotes and tim will do little special projects and i actually with the um Duke of Destruction and Red Talon cards, you know, kind of tried to integrate them into my old GWF results. Um, but, you know, we're not as active, but we're definitely active behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, yeah. That is yeah. Like rolling the dice. Yeah, but honestly, it's because we're so active. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my case, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to play. <laughs> when I got that envelope, what, 33 years ago, I didn't think I'd be helping out. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you so much, uh, Tim, Chad, and Corey. It's awesome talking to you. And uh, I'm sure all the fans out there definitely loved hearing from you, too. So uh, thank you very much. And I uh, hope to talk to you again uh, pretty soon. All right. All right. Thanks, thank Todd. you, Todd. Well, there you have it. That's Todd's conversation with Chad and Corey and Tim from the Legends team. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, in, in the interest of full disclosure, I have actually not heard it yet. So I can't comment too much on it, but I'm looking forward to hearing it. Uh, Todd, is there anything that you want to add, um, you know, in light of the conversation that you were able to have with those guys? Uh, it was it was a lot of fun just kind of, you know, reminiscing about, you know, some of those early days of, of champions here and some of the stories about the early Galacticons that, I you know, just being Galacticon time and, and with the history there, that was one thing I definitely wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, again, uh, it's a different day and time uh, with just uh, being able to drop off your teenage son uh, with a bunch of strangers <laughs> uh, was kind of a fun story at the beginning there. Uh, you know, it, it's just overall, I mean, some different things I've heard uh, over the years that uh, I always, you know, always, always enjoyed, you know, some of the stories and lore of, uh, of the game and getting to kind of relive, you know, some of those stories and share them with uh, some audience that maybe didn't hear them. I think uh, was really neat. I was glad, uh, glad we were able to do that. And definitely huge thanks uh, to uh, Tim, Chad, and Corey for uh, giving me some time and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for keeping you away from the bar uh, for an extra hour there, guys. That <laughs> night, but I appreciate it. So, 
Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I certainly look forward to having the opportunity to, to, to chat with uh, any or all of them uh, in the near future as well and get even more information about legends and maybe some of the early days of, of COTG. So I think it was a really cool opportunity. And again, you know, it, it was kind of a no brainer as soon as I saw the message um, from them. And, and I know that Todd, you and I text back and forth a bit to try to figure out if there'd be a way for all of us to get together. But as soon as I realized I wasn't going to make it, I just, you know, for me, I was like, man, full steam ahead, go for it, you know, get, get that recorded. Cause I think it'll be uh, really great for the listeners and uh, a lot of the fans in, in particular of, of, of legends, but just, you know, the, the whole, um, Phil Singer games, uh, community in general. So, uh, thank you uh, for taking the lead on that and capturing all of that. Oh, no, no, absolutely no problem, man. I definitely enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I know uh, Chad and Corey have uh, definitely expressed interest in coming back on in the future and maybe talking more champions, especially uh, those early days of champions and uh, the stories around that and, and whatnot. I think uh, some, some stuff I think uh, fans out there would really love to hear. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely see in the future. I know we have lots of ideas and things we want to do with the podcast, so uh, that will definitely be one of them at one point. Well, and, and before we before we move on, I just want to like recognize those guys real quick because the work they do on Legends is oh, yeah. you, you know people don't understand just how many hours are spent you know but lots of times people you know I, obviously the the extra down three on Carino's card being removed I know it was a big <laughs> deal to you Sam uh, but but you know they spend hours watching footage mm-hmm. to see what they missed and and you know for the guy the cards that we did in black and white. They look at new footage that's come out, you know, because there's a lot more sources yeah. now than there were 15 years ago or 10 years ago. Uh, and they, they find new matches and they watch them. I mean, there was a whole big debate on Ox Baker, you know, because there was a point in time where Ox Baker had a couple matches where he would just repeatedly use the heart punch. And should we change the mechanic on the heart punch, you know, because of that? But then mm-hmm. they watched more footage and said, nah, he just did that a little bit. Let's do it the, the, the way we wound up doing it. Um, but, but it's, those guys spend so many hours and, and they take it so seriously to get each guy just right. And yeah. I think that, um, I just, to working with the legends team on, on these legend sets has given me a real appreciation for just how awesome, um, they are and how, um, how great a job they do on everything. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree with that because I I know, you know, having played quite a bit of Legends uh, going all the way back to that very first black and white set, you know, through, um, you know, most recently, I think I've just started using the newest, uh, not the newest expansion set, uh, but um, uh, the third one uh, that came out with kind of the AWMA guys and uh, being a fan uh, of a lot of the especially the guys in the in the second expansion pack with kind of a lot of the mid-Atlantic guys and then this third one with the AWA guys um, and being fairly familiar with them and watching a lot of footage like on WWE Network and getting familiar with them. Uh, um, I feel like it, it, it translates so well and, and, and it opens up just a completely new avenue for that creativity we were talking about earlier with being able to kind of create some of those dream matches and, and, and springboard off of those, you know, Oh, could have been or never was kind of scenarios uh, as well as just having fun with, you know, your favorite, your favorite wrestlers. So uh, the, the work that they do and not only, you know, signing guys, but the stats of, of the cards is just um, kind of mind boggling in a way. When you think about the, the volume of wrestlers that, um, 
I've had cards in the legend sets, you know, over the years, uh, going back to that first black and white set. Uh, and then thinking about some of these guys that we just, you know, we have no footage of like somebody like, uh, uh, you know, Frank Gotch or maybe there's, you know, 15 seconds of footage out there or whatever, but you know, the, the work that they do on those types of guys, those, those real pioneer, uh, uh, guys, which is, which is also incredible and, and being able to, um, you know, really look at the timeline of wrestling history through the eyes uh, of the Legends team and through these sets. And I think that their their work is, is really a, a wonderful tribute to that that history, which I know so many of us um, love and are fans of. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who've learned a lot about wrestling history from the Legends game. A lot of people that yeah. I was completely unfamiliar with until I got the cards and read the bios and, you know, then I started, you know, appreciating those i got wild bill curry being one of them yep i just was never familiar with it but yeah it's a great great character Uh, yeah one's other first guys to ever use a chair you know i mean like yeah i he's he's a touchstone and much like you yeah that his first black and white card that was how i learned about him um and and that's one of the reasons i was so excited for him to be coming to this set in color um so yeah I, i i'm thrilled with the prospect of being able to chat with them more um and and then you know you had mentioned the sort of the classic days of COTG as well and being able to talk with them about that. Uh, speaking of, of classics, I, I don't think it really gets much more classic. You know, we talked about chaos last time around, uh, but it's 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 also hard to beat uh, as far as classic characters go. Spike. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, Mike, start us off. What are your thoughts on Spike? Well, I mean, I think that you know, Spike obviously is the the poster boy, as as he's lovingly referred to. Um, I think that you know he was one of those. Obviously, he was in the first expansion, you know, in, in Galaxian Invasion One, um, you know, and he was, you know, he and 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 the Bishop were the two big, I think, characters from that set that really mm-hmm. stuck with people over the years, and and. You know, he was also one of the the first characters to get, you know, a, a big update. You know, he he got that in the War Games um, set that was twenty ninety one. Twenty ninety one, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you know, we'd gotten the year before Star Warrior had gotten the upgrade with Pulsar Prime, and then Spike gets the upgrade the next year. And you know, uh, and he sort of, you know, he was one of those first, you know you know, heels to turn baby face and, and really make a big mark. And then he obviously turned back heel um, <laughs> shortly thereafter. But I mean, I think, you know, he's clearly one of the iconic characters that Tom ever created. And he was the first character, I believe, who ever came back uh, after going away for a while. Uh, I, yeah. At least for an extended period of time. Right. Yeah. He, was the one who went away, anyone, he was the first one who went away for an extended period who then came back. Right. Yeah, yeah, because he was he was gone for like almost like seven years or something, right? Because because when they lost the Civil War, he had to go away, and then I know he had a new card. I think he came yeah. back, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he had the the new card in twenty one oh seven, which I, I was able to look up on the Encyclopedia Galaxia through COTG Online, um, which I hear there are rumblings about some some updates to that, which would be very very cool. But in the meantime, it's still a fantastic resource. Um, uh, yeah, I, you know, he was one of those guys early on for me that, you know, he he attracted me to the game just because I think one of the first ads I ever saw on the back of like PWI had Spike pictured in it. 
Um, but it was, it was honestly probably a year or two later that I ordered my first set, which I think at that time, um, Raven was, was sort of the poster boy at that time uh, when I actually ordered my set. But, uh, but Spike was probably one of the very first characters that I ever even saw, uh, by way of those ads in the back of the wrestling magazines. Um, and and I think his finisher, uh, you know, the super destroyer that that power slam off the top was, uh, for me, it was an easy move to imagine, and yet not something that you had ever really seen. You know, uh, is back in you know back in those days anyway. You didn't you know you didn't often see some big hulking guy carry a guy up to the top and then slam him you know off or whatever but it was still something you could visualize which i really thought was pretty cool um and and yeah he was he was a tough competitor early on for me and and ended up holding pretty much every belt you could hold in my early days uh of my feds um which was cool and had some awesome feuds you know with with spike obviously he had a feud with bishop hell i remember that uh ended up getting pretty pretty gruesome pretty bloody and they actually fought uh for the galaxian championship early on um in in both of their respective careers because bishop hell in my fed won it very early on in his first year and then spike ended up kind of you know, chasing after him during his, uh, his second year to, to take the title eventually. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, an easy standout for me. And then of course, when he did get the upgrade in 2091, which that 2091 card to me, I, I think is probably my favorite spike artwork. Um, and, and yeah. that, that card man was, yeah, it was that, that sort of upgrade that took a character who was already this really tough customer and turned him into, you know, the guy that was easily going to stand at the top of the mountain. And then of course the next year we got chaos and that all went to hell, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> Todd, what are your memories of spike? Um, so I'm trying to think back. I, 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 I'm guessing I probably first saw him in that infamous, uh, Hey mom, the babysitters here ad, uh, with, with Spike as a lot of people will remember. I think that is probably one of the ads. I think the Tom said got a lot of attention for champions of the galaxy that a lot of people start picking up and is a very, very memorable piece. And then we, we did a colorized version of that piece of art as a Galacticon giveaway last year. That was actually the card that won the Galacticon Cup this year with uh, that Brock had. Um, for me, I, I guess I mean I can't think of as, him as having as significant a role for me. Again, my Fed started in 2093. Uh, he was definitely always in the mix. I usually probably had him more, much more kind of feuding with Wolf. That was probably more so than anything was him teaming with the Gladiators in the ultimate in Aether and Ultimate Escape matches having, you know, different battles with the Wolf. He, I'm sure he had a couple of Galactian championship runs along the time, but uh, for me, he probably wasn't as dominant a competitor as maybe for some other people, though. But uh, definitely always a, car, a fun card to do. Uh, I think maybe, you know, for me, I, um, you know, just you know, having the one big finisher versus the multiple finishers of someone like Chaos, for me, mm-hmm. it always... Didn't like he didn't always seem to hit it. I guess maybe maybe that was maybe that was the reason. If he hit it, he won it. But you know, with chaos, it was someone that you know would be much more consistent in my fed personally. Yeah, yeah, I, I can totally see that, and 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 I think that yeah, those multiple finishers end up kind of 
uh, almost overwhelming a guy that might have one super strong finisher, uh, which I think is kind of a testament to, to some of the characters that we see nowadays that might have two finishers. But both of them, uh, certainly by like classic COTG standards, are, are fairly potent. You know, like a guy that's yeah. got a plus two and a plus three, or you know, something like that. Um, so, uh, but yeah, certainly for those for those early days, you know, those first sort of four four or five game years, um, he was he was definitely a big standout for me. And I, I think that the, the visual appeal of the character is certainly something we're talking about because, uh, you know, he had that sort of road warrior-esque look to him like, mm-hmm. you know, Bruton Massacre did. But it's almost as if, you know, you took the road warriors and you turned the dial up and that's how you kind of got the, you know, the, the Aetherans is that you, you know, you really kind of, they were even, you know, they were the road warriors to the 10th well, hour. <laughs> well, and to me, particularly the, the, the 2091 card, you know, that was one of those Chuck Carter iconic pieces of art, you yeah. know, the strong jaw, the, you know, the, you know, really powerful looking character. Um, and to me, just one of the classic pieces of art that Chuck ever did. I agree. I think that, you know, as far as the gladiators go, they've certainly had some of the more compelling pieces of art for me personally. I know that uh, Thunder's like special edition card that uh, Jeremy Sue did. I loved that card. That was one of my favorite cards. Uh, But but obviously the, you know, the original glads have have had some some awesome cards and uh, uh, and Spike is no no exception. And even his reimagined card. um, I really like the artwork on that uh, uh, quite a bit, too. Uh, the mullet is 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 what puts it over the edge. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, it was the eighties, you know. Come exactly. on, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I I, I certainly uh, a character that you know, if there were a, uh, a physical Hall of Fame, and there is indeed actually a Hall of Fame uh, for COTG, you know, he's certainly one of those guys that 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 belongs there um, without a doubt, and I, I think that. Um, the you know the impact that the gladiators have had just in general on the game and and the role that he played um with the gladiators and you know and being um for a while there you know he was he was one of the 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 federation defense fighters you know and and managed by omega and then all of a sudden he's a gladiator again but he's not you know he's he's on that uh, uh, in that team battle during civil war. And, um, and for a while, you know, thunder was like his bodyguard. And so there's so many important facets, I think of GWF history that are tied to his character, which, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, his, his time as, uh, uh, you know, as minister of war as well. Also, you know, also, you know, after, um, you know, mass, you know, after massacre and yeah, I think he was kind of like, you know, he was probably one of the more baby faceish type gladiators out there. I'd say like he wasn't as pure evil as like an overmaster is today or some other characters. Like there was kind of more of a air of like, you know, he's great, but he's not a real jerk. I, I would say, I mean, he's not most of the time is kind of what I was, you know, how I saw him. I don't know if everyone feels the same there. I mean, I'm sure he had his jerkish times of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there was sort of a, you know, there was this sense of, uh, as honorable <laughs> yeah. and respectable and noble as, as a gladiator could be. I think spike was that, right. um, and, and certainly putting him at odds, you know, in storyline at odds with a, a character like vengeance, for instance, um, 
um, and, and everything that happened with him. You know, was he alive? Was he dead? Is he in prison? Is he, you know, and then and then ended up becoming the minister of war, like you were talking about. I think that that whole story arc that he had um, is is actually pretty compelling, and um, it, it is hard not to kind of. You know, if you're a fan sitting in the stands uh, of of the GWF, he's kind of one of those guys that you might you might know that you're supposed to boo, but you wouldn't really be able to because not only is he cool, but there's kind of a sense of you know uh, of honor about him. Um, and I think that we saw that uh, you know manifest itself numerous times um, throughout the course of of his career in the GWF um and, and you know and even even afterwards uh, and you know and that's the cool thing too about the character is that he was able to you know come along in 2088 in the second game edition and basically maintain a presence all the way up until 2019 and even you know and even post that so he's a guy that really had some staying power as far as his importance to the storyline and that certainly might have you know ebbed and flowed as as necessary but uh he was somebody that always kind of played a part um which i think speaks to his 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 importance um and and there are certain characters that uh, you know like the foundation of the game like somebody like Omega, who who was certainly around for a while, but even even a character like Omega, there were times when he didn't really seem to be uh, you know turning the wheel, so to speak. Whereas Spike was certainly kind of always a part of that. Yep. Any last thoughts on Spike before we move on to to wrap things up for today? Well, I'm looking forward to his colorizing 2091 card in a couple of years. We'll see how that comes out. <laughs> yeah, that would be very, very cool. I mean, again, that 2091 art uh, is is certainly my favorite piece of spike art. So uh, it'll, it'll be tough to beat. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, as far as, you know, other things just on the horizon for us, the, unless you're sorry, did you have anything else to add, Mike, there? No, no, no. Go ahead, Todd. I think okay, I just you know just kind of mentioned you know, some of the other things going on the horizon. You know, coming out of Galacticon, uh, our next big things coming up is going to be uh, more of a focus back on the indies mm-hmm. in the next uh, in the next month. Uh, so we took a little bit of a different uh, approach to it. Uh, instead of going uh, promotion specific, uh, now we wanted to kind of cover. Uh, you know, we had a lot of great indie signings and. Uh, uh, Zeke Gould and Ty States have been instrumental in helping out a lot on that. Big props to those guys. Um, uh, that uh, you know, we have a lot of different uh, uh, wrestlers signed from a lot of different areas of the country. That uh, work for a number of different promotions. That it might be tough to kind of fit them into one spot. So uh, one of the new things that we're doing in our kind of our best of line. We you know we've done the best of canada and the best of the uk uh and uh we're looking you know this year being the first one of kind of starting a uh best of the indies uh annual edition so we have actually two best of the indies sets that are going to be coming up in september one for the men and one for the women each being an eight card set uh and um you know we've, we've announced a couple of the names so far but uh i mean i'm very very happy with the lineup that we have i think there's a lot of guys that people have been asking for, but, you know, it's been maybe sometimes it's tough to kind of fit into where they're going to be. Having this is kind of like the new setup as an annual thing for ones that maybe don't fit into an ROH or any other promotion that we specifically work with. I think this is going to be a good, uh, a good thing to, to kind of have going forward. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm I'm definitely excited by the names that have already been announced. I mean, Robbie Eagles, I think is a huge get um, the stuff that he's, 
done in New Japan over the past year has has been uh, pretty remarkable, and uh, I, I think that his storyline in general of being you know a member of Bullet Club and now kind of being uh, uh, slowly kind of going his own way and, and becoming more and more of a baby face over there um, is really cool. Um, Zia Brookside is, is another, uh, I, I'm a huge women's wrestling fan, you know, living here in Chicago, I get to go to shimmer shows quite a bit. And um, actually the last time that a shimmer set was released and when people were making predictions for who would be in it, uh, I was able to correctly guess every single one without any inside information. I might add. Um, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and so, and so uh, yeah, having her in the, game is super cool and then uh obviously um uh, alley cat was another announcement um and she's she's such a fun talent i've gotten to see her, see her a number of times uh down in berwin and then uh, josh briggs i believe was the other name announced yeah. um which is another great great name so i mean it, it, the indie sets always excite me just because i i tend to be amazed by the names that we're getting um and and you know i i think that not only is there a wonderful pool to already draw from uh, it's clear that there's a a pool of wrestlers that out there that you guys have already got signed um you know that have been begging for cards maybe for a while now and i know zeke and i've even talked about about this he didn't name any names unfortunately but uh, uh he's mentioned on a couple of occasions about how there are names that he's had signed for for years in some cases there just hasn't been a place to put them and so having these kind of best of sets is the perfect outlet for that and, and i'm certainly excited about it um i still kind of hope that will osprey gets an update but uh other than that uh, i'm looking forward to some new names and, and and i'm certainly jazzed about those sets yeah, no, we wanted to mostly focus on new names. That seems to be a lot of the feedback we get for people is, yeah, we want more new people in there. Obviously, would it make sense? We, we want to do an update. Uh, we did put up uh, some polls uh, with, you know, for Promoter Prime uh, this quarter about, you know, what people wanted to see from there, you know, whether it was an update or a new card. And, uh, and uh, yeah, there was an overwhelming call for a Sue Young update which I'm glad that people have been asking for that for yeah. years, which I completely agree with. And, you know, I think a lot of, you know, I think having the promoter prime product gives us the opportunity to do some guys that might not make a promotion set or make a best of set, but then also gives us the opportunity to do, uh, you know, some great updates for people that really need it. Um, yeah. I, I've been kind of wanting to do an update for Eddie Kingston for a number of years. Now he came in second mm. in the poll. Uh, to Alexander Hammerstone, but uh, that's okay. Uh, he might get <laughs> just, d- he might despite get despite my vote, Eddie Kingston did not make the cut. Yeah, I didn't. I did not vote myself because I was going to be the tiebreaker at the end if need be. And full disclosure, I was going to vote for Eddie, but that's okay. Uh, I, Alexander is a really talented guy, and I'm glad he's going to get a card too. I think no matter what, uh, whoever was going to lose that one was probably going to get a card pretty uh, soon thereafter, anyway. So. Yeah. Well, and speaking yeah. of promoter prime, I think we're doing some cool. I mean, I think the legends uh, announcement will come soon, and I, th- I think people will will like what we're doing with with the uh, the three legends for this quarter. But the other yeah, thing we absolutely. didn't talk about was um, at all was the COTG prime cards that we're doing uh, this quarter, and I think that uh, uh, it's you know Rob's done a great job uh, with with these guys. I think it's it's the Overman, and they're the uh, the sons of Janus the Overman, and I think it's yeah. a it's it's going to take the the whole Chronos storyline, which has sort of been what we've been doing with a, a lot of what we've been doing with COTG Prime, and taking it like into a more storyline direction um, this quarter. And I think people are going to really people who have been into the Chronos uh, 
sort of releases, I think are really going to enjoy the direction this takes now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, Rob has done such awesome work with that stuff, and uh, you know, it's been so cool to see those characters kind of reimagined um, and and you know updated and, and tweaked. And uh, I, you know, seeing guys like Pegasus and Raven uh, certainly a thrill for me uh, personally. So I look forward to to seeing those the, the Overmen as well, and then um, yeah, as far as Promoter Prime goes, you know, I. I, I'm always pleased. It always just feels like such a, a treat, honestly, uh, with those cards, regardless of whether it's the, the Legends line, the Indies line, or, uh, of course, the COTG stuff. So I look forward to, to what's coming there. Um, and then what's the uh, the release date for those two Indie sets, Todd? Uh, the Indie sets will be out in mid to late September. We don't have an exact date on those yet. Um but uh, you know, Werner is well underway on the art there. But the um, the prime cards should be out before that. We're we're looking to get nice. prime out in in August. Um, you know, a couple of, you know, Mike mentioned a couple of legends cards which do tie to the theme of the last legends set, um, which uh, I think people are going to be really psyched about. And um, yeah, and then obviously we all know all the names for the. Uh, for the indie side as well. The last one uh, was an old wrestling card for Symbol Monkey. So, uh, you know, Space Monkey gets his second <laughs> Promoter Prime card uh, as voted on by fans. Um, usually, uh, old wrestling card is usually the only card I stat myself every year. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm always yeah. uh, doing that one myself. So. And he will have a yeah, I, I, I think... in, the, in the card this year. <laughs> Which was uh, obviously missing from the last one. So, <laughs> and, and and who are the other two cards? Uh, and then Sue Young and Alexander Hammerstone. Nice. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited about that Sue Young card. I mean, I, I, I anyone who's seen any of my comments on the message boards about that, I've been a proponent for her getting an updated card for you know probably over a year now, um, and uh, super excited about that. Uh, like you said, Eddie Kingston will get his due one of these days. He's, you know, he's such a cool guy. I've actually had a couple of chances to talk with him, uh, and he was on the podcast uh, almost a year ago, um, and and we had a great conversation. And uh, we have we have a date. He and I one of these days to sit down and. Uh, chat about all Japan pro wrestling because he's a huge nice. fan uh, of all Japan, and um, so he and I are going to sit down and talk a little bit about uh, Kings Road. Um, but uh, yeah, he's a cool guy, and and I, I really love his work. Uh, again, being here in Chicago, I get to see him um, at AAW uh, quite a bit, and and he's had some really cool storylines uh, over the past couple of years in AAW. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, well, guys, I think uh, it, it is time to go home. My wife was giving me the cue there a little bit ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that you guys are, are, are ready to move on to other things as well. Uh, it's, it's an hour later for y'all on the East Coast, uh, well, as I'm here in the Midwest. But uh, certainly want to thank you guys very, very much for joining me and, and talking about something that I know we all love so much. And uh, we'll definitely be back at it soon enough. So, listeners, uh, thank you so much for hitting that download button or streaming it or, or however you are capturing this podcast. Um, feel free to hit us up with any questions you might have. You know, obviously, if you are uh, on the uh, Phil Singer Games um, 
message boards. It's easy enough to find uh, any of the three of us around there. And uh, if you're not, you definitely should check it out. It's a wonderful community. It's an easy way to kind of get into the game, uh, put some feelers out and get an idea of what the community is all about. And then, of course, you can easily sign up for uh, your free demo cards at cotgonline.com or you can visit filsingergames.com to uh, explore the physical releases, which is in the end, how we all got started. Uh, and uh, to this day, I, I still can't help it. It's, it's one of my vices. I buy both physical cards <laughs> and the digital cards. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, so uh, if you're not uh, already playing the game, you should certainly uh, check it out. And if you are already playing the game, like I said, feel free to hit us up with any questions, suggestions, comments that you might have uh, on the message boards uh, once this gets posted. Todd, Mike, you guys got anything else for us before we take off? Just just uh, glad to have spent the time, and uh, hopefully uh, everybody enjoys uh, hearing the stories and uh, especially tree to getting the Legends guys this time. Yep, definitely. Yeah, definitely let us know what, uh, what you think, what you want to hear. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully be back. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely be back next month uh, with something more to share. That sounds great. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, again, I'm Sam. This is King of Pro Wrestling. And uh, you've been uh, hearing from Todd and Mike from Phil Singer Games. And we'll be talking to you again real soon. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and one another. And uh, we'll see you down the road. Bye.